bad news. The next turn brings an unfortunate manifestation. Bad scarcely describes it. Fi Piang's pity turned to righteous rebuke. Who do you have to blame but yourself? he demanded sternly. You know your conduct in this manifestation determines the next. If you look forward to a future life as a lower animal, it should make you glance over your behavior and repent your wrongs. The cosmic law that governs us is impartial. It is true justice, cause and effect. What you do determines what you next become. There can be no blame and no sorrow. There can only be understanding and repentance. His curiosity overcame him. What is it, a snake, a squirrel? It's no affair of yours, Sung Woo said, as he moved unhappily towards the exit doors. I look myself. Go ahead. Sung Woo pushed moodily out into the hall. He was dazed with despair. It hadn't changed. It was still the same. In eight months he would die, stricken by one of the numerous plagues that swept over the inhabited parts of the world. He would become feverish, break out with red spots, turn and twist in an anguish of delirium. His bowels would drop out, his flesh would waste away, his eyes would roll up, and after an interminable time of suffering, he would die. His body would lie in a mass heap, with hundreds of others, a whole street full of dead, to be carted away by one of the robot sweepers, happily immune. His mortal remains would be burned in a common rubbish incinerator on the outskirts of the city. Meanwhile, the eternal spark, Sung Woo's divine soul, would hurry from this space-time manifestation to the next in order. But it would not rise, it would sink. He had watched its descent on the scanner many times. There was always the same hideous picture, a sight beyond endurance of his soul as it plummeted down like a stone into one of the lowest continua, a sinkhole of a manifestation at the very bottom of the ladder. He had sinned. In his youth, Sung Woo had got mixed up with a black-eyed wench with long flowing hair, a glittering waterfall down her back and shoulders, inviting red lips, plump breasts, hips that undulated and beckoned unmistakably. She was the wife of a friend from the warrior class, but he had taken her as his mistress. He had been certain time remained to rectify his venality. But he was wrong. The wheel was soon to turn for him, the plague. Not enough time to fast and pray and do good works. He was determined to go down, straight down to a wallowing, foul-aired planet in a stinking red sun system, an ancient pit of filth and decay and unending slime, a jungle world of the lowest type. In it he would be a shiny-winged fly, a great blue-bottom buzzing carrion-eater that hummed and guzzled and crawled through the rotting carcasses of great lizards slain in combat. From this swamp, this pest-ridden planet in a disease-contaminated system, he would have to rise painfully up the endless rungs of the cosmic ladder he had already climbed. It had taken eons to climb this far, to the level of a human being on the planet Earth, in the bright yellow Sol system. 
Now he would have to do it all over again. Jai beamed, Elrond be with you, as the corroded observation ship was checked by the robot crew and finally okayed for limited flight. Song Wu slowly entered the ship and seated himself at what remained of the controls. He waved listlessly, then slammed the lock and bolted it by hand. As the ship limped into the late afternoon sky, he reluctantly consulted the reports and records Chai had transferred to him. The Tinkerists were a small cult. They claimed only a few hundred members, all drawn from the techno-class, which was the most despised of the social castes. The bards, of course, were at the top. They were the teachers of society, the holy men who guided man to clearness. Then the poets. They turned into Saga, the great legends of El Ron Hu, who lived, according to legend, in the hideous days of the time of madness.